I analyze dreams to keep my head level Strip mining the system to stare at the devil A whiny voice flexing but it got no real power You tell them to flee and they'll be gone in an hour One words are like brass knuckles connecting to y'all's jaws of glass I ain't losing, I don't lose, so fight fair This is for the real ones who ears are open, no they're here There's a reason my voice comes through while you're sitting here Something gets a fine tooth, a bump on your way to work And other know the spirit is hitting in, so let it work Yeah Ladies and gentlemen, you tuned in to Glory Podcast. It's your boy, Monk, your hostess with the mostest. I don't mean to brag or boast this, but if I'm going to flame you up, I guess that's a roast then. Yeah, I got these airways flowing from coast to coast then. I'm checking on you. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm going to stop. Uh, if you hear a little background noise, that's because I got my kids with me today in the recording session. So I like the ambiance. So if you hear some little voices in the background, uh, that's my biological children. I love them. If my voice sounds a little more lighthearted, that's also why. Um, again, everything we got going on, we got the Twitter, we got the Instagram you know, hit the link in the bio there and that, that'll that allow you to access our music, whether you do Apple, whether you do Spotify, also the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Again, leave us a rating or review on that plat those platforms. That helps grow the show. If you have questions, comments, or concerns, or you think you got what it takes to be a guest, send us an inquiry. You can send it on social media. That way, through a DM, or you can shoot us an email, glorymusic at gmail.com. This book, at the time of this recording, of course, at the time of this recording, the book might already be out. I don't know, because we record in batches. So, typically, the show, like, I'm recording the show now, but this show is probably not going to release for another month month to six weeks after it's already been recorded so the book might be out i know in the actual stage like we're like we're done with it you know making some final little edits then boom we're submitting it through distribution and it's going to be live reclaiming the man a rough guide to knowing your divine self author matt monk that's me but i go by monk holla at your boy today what we're getting into is being the underdog versus sustaining success. And I argue and I submit to you that sustained success is much harder than being the underdog and overcoming, you know, handling the adversity. I think handling success is a lot tougher than handling adversity and i'm going to show you why here are four main points that i'm going to make about this our first point is we love underdogs in our country and we love underdogs because it connects with the traditional hero's journey um two second point i'm going to make that a success having that initial initial success is tough and um achieving it is tough okay my third point I'm going to make is 
Once you've reached that pinnacle, now what do you do? And then the fourth point I'm going to make or explore is why sustainability, why that sustained success or handling success is tougher. All right. So we're going to look at this concept from those four points and go through all those. So, right. America loves, especially the West, we love these underdog stories. So what's harder, being the underdog, overcoming this adversity, or sustaining the success that you found? So our first point, we love underdogs in America. We love underdogs in the West. And part of the reason why we love underdogs, especially in America, if you're listening from another country, good. This will help you get into the America mentality, your traditional American boy mentality, what we're taught in schools. Um, And then, you know, you got to run this through another filter because not only am I born and raised American, I was born and raised Texan. All right. I'm first generation, well, kind of second generation native Texan because my mother was born and raised in Texas. My dad wasn't. I was born and raised in Texas. So I'm like one and a half generation um, born and raised Texan. I've lived some other places as an adult, but I was born in Texas. I've lived in Texas most of my life. So there's a whole nother layer of the underdog story when you know your Texas history. So, but why do we love underdogs so much? And part of it is simply, especially in America, or especially a good Texan boy like me, we love these underdog stories because America and the founding of America, it's kind of this underdog story, right? The way it's played out, we're being oppressed by all these taxes, by this foreign entity thousands of miles away. Uh, They're losing their grip. They don't understand what we're actually dealing with. And then we use our environment to our advantage and overthrow the world's most powerful military at the time and formulate our own nation, right? It is a classic underdog story. Of course, the way it's propagated in history books is um, those early Americans, our founding fathers were these great patriots and they were patriots. Almost these godlike characters is how you learn it coming up in schools in the United States, but they were men. They had struggles. They had flaws. They did some really, really bad stuff too. I'm not ignoring that, but it creates this underdog mentality, this little ragtag band, this little ragtag army using guerrilla, early forms of guerrilla warfare, flanking, Um, and decentralized command to eventually tire and stretch then the British army and win. So, so that traditional underdog story is in, is in our own history. So if you've been, if you're a born and raised American and then born and raised Texan also, um, this is kind of woven into your DNA. So sitting way back in your consciousness somewhere. So that's part of the reason why, you know, if you're just from the American angle, You love these underdog stories, but archetypally speaking. So when we talk about archetypes, we're talking about um, common patterns of symbolism and language that are universal 
across cultures and even across time periods that are used within art, within literature, and then also when you study people's dreams, right? These common patterns of dreams. So in dreams, common things that happen, you know, like the dream of you losing your teeth or your teeth falling out, right? Commonly symbolic of loss of power or loss of strength, loss of control. So people have had that dreams across the ages for a long time. And so that would be a common archetype, what we would call an archetype, because it happens to people over and over and it has a similar meaning, a similar understanding, regardless of who dreams it, when they dream it, what culture they come from, etc. It has a similarity in its underlying meaning. That's what we would call an archetype. So these stories, though, the story of the underdog represents this human archetype or this human example of overcoming some type of adversity and we love that because everybody no matter what point in your life you've been whether you started you know you're one of these one percenters at the top of the pyramid or you're down in the bottom everybody's faced some type of adversity that's why we love these underdog stories because it fits into the human archetype and part of that is this the hero's journey right this traditional story, the hero's journey. Um, the hero's journey has, you know, these four parts. You know, they've got this ordinary world uh, that they're going through. And then they're given some sort of a task, right? An initiation. They can either accept or reject. And this is what, you know, if we look at the biblical examples, the Mo- Moses' story is one of the first examples that we have in written words and written other than oral traditions. And even that was oral traditions that someone finally wrote down. You have this hero's journey of Moses, right? He's living, chilling, you know, he's been the adopted son of the King. He's given this call to lead his original people, the people he's blood related to. So that's his call to adventure. He leaves he undergoes, you know, some hard times in the desert. Well, well, first he leads his people out of his own kingdom where he had the rights and privileges. That would be kind of like his initiation. And his transformation happens as he's leading these people throughout the desert, becoming a ruler. And then his return home, right, he leads the people to the promised land, but he doesn't get to enter Um and he dies there outside of the gates. But, you know, you could say in that process of transformation, he's not someone who probably could have lived there. But we see this examples also in stories like the Iliad and the Odyssey. You know, one of my favorite movies, another example of that is, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Right? One of these early hero journey stories. And Oh Brother Where Art Thou is actually the American, an Americanized reinterpretation of the Odyssey. You know, but you think back to all these hero stories. We love underdogs because it relates to this traditional type of hero's journey. You know, there's a call to action. There's an initiation. 
there is a transformation and then the hero returns back to his ordinary world or where he comes from, she comes from. And they are different, even though everything around them is the same. And that's kind of the secret. If we're talking about the kingdom of God, that's part of the secret. You go through this process of understanding who you are in Christ with God in you. The whole world starts to look different, yet you're placed right back in your normal, everyday environment. But the way you walk and interact with it is different. Right? The hero's journey of the spirit internally. So we love these stories of underdogs because it connects to this hero's journey. It connects to this common human archetype. We want to root for somebody on the bottom. We want people to overcome because there's a part of us that desires to overcome situations or we've overcome a bunch of stuff. So we recognize that. Uh, I love that there's a line by uh, Royce the Five Nine. If y'all don't know who that is. Uh, legendary rapper, one of the best MCs of all time. He has this uh, line off of one of his last albums. Um, he says, the energy never dies when you're an overcomer the energy never lies when you're an overcomer fabulous so but that is why we love these underdogs because that's a part of who we are and we like we actually like rooting for people who have to overcome adversity we don't like rooting for people who seem like are always on top and have it together and it just seems like it happens easily you know Look at the 98 Bulls. Nobody wanted the 98 Bulls to win their sixth championship in eight years and their second three-peat in a row. I didn't either, but they did. And if you actually look at what they had to go through to sustain that success, it was actually harder being on top and getting there, I think, than, you know, that first championship they they won with Jordan. Um for those of y'all basketball heads that are listening to this. That's why, first point, that's why we love underdogs and how it connects to the hero's journey, this common human archetype. A second point, bro, success and this achievement, it's tough either way. Because, you know, if you're the underdog, you have to go through the fire. Some people never have that moment of overcoming, whether it be in their personal life, in business, in sports, maybe it's an academic achievement for those of you students who are listening. Um, You never achieve that initial success. You just float by because you have to go through the fire. Achieving is tough because regardless, any type of success you have, you have to go through the fire. You have to go through the process of getting there. So like if it's a great thing for those of you students listening, you don't understand the subject matter that well. You're going to have to go through the fire of studying and doing things that are real uncomfortable for your brain for you to learn the skills and the processing abilities necessary to learn that information and the thing about that is is it relates to anything else you would do in your life you're going to get out of here get in the real world and have to learn all kinds of skills you never planned on having to learn just to provide a living for yourself and your family 
It just happens. It's part of life. If you don't submit yourself to the fire, you're going to sit in this place of complacent satisfaction, but there's always going to be this nagging what if in the back of your brain, in the corner of your soul. And then as you get older, that what if turns into all kinds of pathologies. Now, pathologies are behaviors that are driven by these unprocessed emotions and undeveloped aspects of your character. You know, why are you having problems with anxiety when you're older? Or why are you having problems with depression when you're older? Or why do you have problems with food, eating too much, not eating enough, problems taking care of yourself? Why are you, you know, using substances and abusing subs? All of that has to relate with stuff that went unchecked when you were younger. So my encouragement, man, is to you students and to you younger cats that are listening, put yourself through the fire right now and whatever it is you're dealing with and learn it. That way, when you get older, you're going to have to go through it again and you don't get caught in this mode of just complacent satisfaction, scared, to put your feet to the fire and go through something. Because if you submit yourself willingly to this stuff, you're going to end up using your environment to your advantage. Rather than if you don't willingly go through it, your environment is going to impose its will upon you and you're going to be subject to those things and have to go through it anyway, but it's going to be against your choice. And then people either fight against it and not agree um, or they give up. I don't want to see you give up. So go after those things. Because it's difficult, man. Like achieving that success is tough because you've got to go through that fire. Right? It's that uphill climb. If we look at like a plot map in a story, right? We call this thing the climax. This thing in the hero's journey where they're initiated and now they have some type of task to go through in the underdog story. And then they, they climb and they climb and they climb and they climb and they reach the top of the mountain. Okay, cool. You know, so that's that moment, you know, and remember the Titans, if y'all seen that movie, right, where they, they win the state championship game. They got to beat all these opponents. You know, their best defensive player goes down and they still win the game anyway. You got to go through some of that stuff. In fact, it might be a disadvantage if your path is too easy. Um, it goes back to, I did an episode on the coddling of the American mind, uh, a book by Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff. Y'all can check that out. Um, if you're interested, I'll link it in the show notes. But they talked about this analogy where it used to be the way we parented, prepare the child for the road, but now we're preparing the road for the child. But think of it that way mentally. You got to prepare your mind, prepare your vehicle, prepare yourself for the road ahead. But increasingly, with modern conveniences and ease of accessibility of information and other things, we have this mentality and your ego is always going to lean towards comfort as well. That's why you have to get your ego in check, allow your spirit, allow your character 
to put your ego in its rightful place and allow the ego to serve you, not you serve your ego, because your ego is always going to try to find the path of least resistance and then flex itself like it really did something. But we have this increasing mentality where we're trying to smooth the path out for ourselves. That way it's easier. But what if that path isn't smooth, bro? What if you don't have the tools necessary to make the path smooth? What are you going to do then? Well, you'll just sit there and never advance or you'll start going backwards. Which in this metaphor is not a good thing. That's why Lot's wife got turned into a pillar of salt in the Bible story. She looked back and whoop, she did. I'm not argue, I'm not going to argue with y'all about whether that literally happened or not. Understand the metaphor, please. It's like they say in the military, hesitation will get you killed. So that success and then that achievement, regardless of where you're at, is tough, man. It's hard because you have to go through the fire and your ego is going to fight you every step of the way to get there. So if you submit yourself to the practice of going through the fire willingly, you're going to be all right. Because now your vehicle, yourself, your character is ready for whatever road lies ahead of you, whatever swamp, mountain, desert, arctic tundra lies ahead of you. But third point, so we've we talked about why we love underdogs. We talked about how success and achievement is tough because you have to go through the fire. A third point, though, is, okay, now you reach the top. You reach the pinnacle. You got your goal or you've achieved the success you've been aiming for. Now what? Now what? You got up there. Now what? This is where it gets tricky, and this is why I, I say it's harder to keep that success sustained. So, And this is what happens. I see it with athletes. I see it with people in the workplace. I've seen it even in my own life. You get there. Yes, please celebrate and enjoy that success. <laughs> but now that you're up there, you have to look back and reflect Upon everything you had to do to get there. What practices were in place? What was your mentality in place? Now, what happens with a lot of people is once they see that success, they stop getting hungry. You have to do something to keep that hunger. Otherwise, boom, it, it, it's a really short ledge when they're there at the top of that mountain of success. And it's real easy to lose balance and fall off one side or the other. All right, And hunger is one thing that will keep you there. And then in that hunger, you find your why. You find your purpose of why you should want to stay there or keep growing. That way you don't fall down off the other side. So you got to stay hungry while you're up there. And then you have to remember, look back and reflect Upon the process, what you actually had to go through, the tools you had to build and the practices you had to adopt to actually get there, and then you can refract, right? This is what I had to do to get there. Here are some things I could have did better along the way, 
And then marry the two together because it's a learning experience. Just because you've achieved the success doesn't mean you stop learning. But that's where that complacent satisfaction is. Let's say you don't get stuck complacent in the path. You actually achieve the thing you set out to. You can get complacent at the top of the mountain. And then guess what happens? You fall off. Or a meteor strikes and because you weren't moving, because you weren't climbing, finding another mountain, finding something else to do, boom, meteor hits the mountain, boom, that whole thing is gone now because you weren't growing, because you weren't doing what was necessary to keep yourself there or move on. So, you know, I'll use a sports analogy, right? Kobe Bryant, great example of this. He would come into the gym every day before practice and every day before a game and get 400 made shots by himself with no rebounder. And so I challenge you if you're a sports person or you're a basketball head, go go out to a gym and do that. Get 400 make get 400 makes in by yourself and see how long that takes you to do. Right. It's a good hour and a half, two hours of work. And that's if your shot's on. You know, he would do that every day. He did that every day for a 20 year career, man. So like why? But why would he do that? And and the idea is he looked at the trajectory of what he had to do to get to where he was. And now he has to look at, well, I got to do this. This is the bare minimum to keep me there. To stay sharp. To keep me where I was. And a lot of times, especially with athletes or just in general, the general practices of with craft, whatever realm you work, you live and work in, you know, um, we see this a lot with the university, with kids in university too. You, you go to university, um, your intellectual acumen develops at a high, higher level. You have a hunger and thirst for knowledge and learning things. And then it's like, boom, we get the job. We graduate, we get the job, and all of that learning stops. And you think back to, well, I was more satisfied in my life at this point. You were satisfied in your life at that point because you were learning and you were growing. That stopped the second you got the job, et cetera, et cetera, happened. So what was the process of you had to go through, let's say, to get your degree Right, you were reading these books, you were doing these tasks, you were participating in discussions. Right. And so you could apply that and say, Oh, well, I had this level of satisfaction in my life. Maybe I should keep doing those things without having to again, this is the thing with Americans especially, we don't put value on anything unless we pay for it. I could offer you a free university course with the same privileges of that degree could offer that to you right now and you wouldn't put any value on it because you weren't paying a lot of money for it and you would go through it half-heartedly however right go here pay twenty thousand twenty five thousand thirty thousand a year to do the same thing and all of a sudden you're all about it just as a point but Okay, you, you, you have that success. Now what? You have to do something to at least maintain and sustain. If you want to keep improving, you're actually going to have to do more. 
And this leads me into point number four, right? You reach that pinnacle. Now what are you going to do about it? You have to at least do the things you were doing beforehand that allowed you to climb the mountain and obtain the success. But if you want to keep improving, you're actually going to have to do more. Actually going to have to do more. And so it's actually, and this is point number four for me, that sustained success is harder than being the underdog and climbing the mountain. Now, with sustained success, a lot of times, or with that initial success, you end up getting more resources. And some people, again, you might have more resources. You might have more money or more time or more people now as a result of that success. That is cool. But the resources can't be the impetus that drive you forward you have to remember back to the grit and the grime and the mentality and the thing the spark that led you into that which was the character necessary to get up there so now marry the character built with the increase that you have through the success and that's how that improvement can happen and sometimes it happens at exponential levels once you just get up a little bit more resources but it's harder to stay up there because you have to give more now. You have to put in more now. And if you're in a competitive scenario, like in a sport in the sporting world, you know, I use the 98 Bulls as an example. You're not the underdog anymore that no one saw coming. It's easy to, to climb up the ranks. Um, in whatever field you're in and achieve great things it's a lot easier when no one's expecting anything of you they have low expectations but let's say you've hit those marks you've won those titles a couple times in a row now everybody knows you're good everybody's expecting you to be good now you're getting everybody's best shot everybody's coming at you playing their best whereas before no one expected anything of you so when you came and you shocked people well you weren't necessarily getting everyone's best shot because they weren't expecting things of you now you're getting everybody's best shot because you've been on top or you are on top it's harder to stay up there the stakes are higher you have more to lose and the level of competition the level of expectation is higher. That's why, you know, you talk, I use the 98 Bulls as that example. The Chicago Bulls, 1998, gone in for their sixth championship in eight years, their third three-peat. All these dudes on the squad are old on top of it, and they're getting everyone's best shot because no one in the league likes them. Everyone in the league is tired of them winning Yet they find a way to get it done. You watch the Last Dance documentary, which I've watched like seven times. But it is a it's a master class in one, the hero's journey to get that initial success, but then also it's this master class in how to maintain, attain, retain, regain, but how to achieve that success and keep it up there how to sustain it while you're already on top and the things you have to go through to get there but that's why the sustained success is much more difficult because you're getting everybody's best shot um you have higher expectations so let's say not sporting analogy not a competition maybe you own a company 
and you've reached a certain degree of quality of service, well, now your customers come to expect that degree of quality every time they interact with you, every time you provide them a service. It's been like that with this podcast for me. It was easy when I first started. There was a lot of momentum because people were interested. They're like, oh, oh, hey, that dude does a podcast. That's interesting. I wouldn't have expected that of him. So guess what? I'm going to go listen and, okay, cool. He's putting out some good content. I put out another one. I put out another one. I put out another one. I put out about 10. I put out about 20. Now there's an expectation of the listeners of the greater community. Hey, you need to put out this content. Hey, this content needs to have quality. It needs to have depth. It needs to have nuance. Then I listen to myself and I hear ways I can improve my speaking, ways I can improve the production, ways I can engage the audience, all of these things. So it's like that it was easy to get started, but now that it's rolling, it's a little bit tougher because there's all this expectation on top of it. You know, you start this thing early and you're not consistent with it and then you let it go. No one's really noticing. Well, now there's become this expectation and then I've put those words out there into the universe. I have to be a man of my word as well. Because, you know, I grew up and I came from a culture where word was bond. If you said something, you were going to do it, even if it wasn't a good thing. Even if you gave your word and it wasn't a good situation for you, you still had to follow through on it. And the learning was, one, word is bond. The next second thing you learned was, well, don't give your word so easily, you know, without considering the scenario, the situation, and all the nuances involved. But sitting up there and sustaining the success is tougher Because you get everybody's best shot and you have to find ways to improve, but also do the things you had to do to get there in the first place. So being the underdog versus having sustained success, what do you think is easier or more difficult? Again, I argue being the underdog and coming up is easier than having that sustained success continuing to improve again we love underdogs because it connects us with that hero's journey either way that success is tough because you have to submit yourself to the fire if you don't submit yourself to the fire and the test of character and going through the process you're not going to achieve anything all right you're going to sit in complacent satisfaction before you ever reach the mountaintop but then you reach that pinnacle right now what Don't get complacent there either because you'll fall back lower than you were to start. And then lastly, once you get up there, it's harder to stay on top, harder to keep growing because there's more required of you. So, hope that was a benefit to you. You can check us out. Everything we got going on, those links in the show notes. Engage with us on social media. Take a snapshot if you listen and post it on your social media or share it in your story. 
It is what it is. Until next time, it's your boy Monk. Peace and blessings to you from the Most High. I'm out.